You're listening to the Study Legal English podcast, the world's first legal English podcast, helping lawyers and law students become fluent in legal English. Hello and welcome to episode 72 of the Study Legal English podcast. I am your host Louise and today's episode is all about the duty of disclosure of evidence in criminal proceedings. This episode should be helpful if you're studying an LLM or if you work in some capacity in the field of international criminal law. You'll learn about the law in England and Wales in this area as well as some key legal English vocabulary related to the topic. To disclose something means to reveal or show something that was previously hidden, secret or unknown. The equivalent noun of this verb is disclosure. You may well have heard of disclosure before if you work in international law, if you work with companies or contracts, because companies sometimes sign non-disclosure agreements or include a non-disclosure clause in contracts where confidentiality is important. Here, a party would be under an obligation to keep information private. They would be prohibited from disclosing the information. Regarding criminal proceedings in England and Wales, the prosecution has a duty to disclose to the accused information which is relevant to the investigation but which doesn't form part of the prosecution's case against the defendant. The defendant's duty of disclosure is more limited. If the case will be heard before the Crown Court, it is mandatory for the defendant to serve a defence statement on the court officer and the prosecutor, and if the defendant intends to call witnesses, he or she must also serve a notice detailing this intention. The main law governing disclosure in England and Wales is the Criminal Procedure and Investigations Act 1996. So today I'm going to read an extract from a blog article from Christopher Kesling's website. I have edited this article for length. You can find the original at www.defence-barrister.co.uk forward slash disclosure dash in dash criminal dash cases. I will, of course, put the link in the podcast notes. Before I start, I have a question for you. What is the law on disclosure of evidence in criminal proceedings in your country? How can withholding information in criminal trials cause miscarriages of justice? Send in your comments to louise at studylegalenglish.com. So, let's get started. Disclosure in criminal cases. A spotlight on prosecution disclosure. A number of cases in 2018 have pointed the spotlight on disclosure in criminal cases, especially concerning those where the allegation is rape or other serious sexual assault, although the issues are not limited to allegations of this nature. A number of trials have collapsed or cases discontinued where it has become apparent that the prosecution have failed to disclose vital information which could have had an important bearing on the case. Why is disclosure so important? 
an efficient and properly conducted system of disclosure in criminal cases is fundamental to a fair system of criminal justice. When a case is being investigated, the police or other investigating authority will carry out a number of inquiries. Depending on the nature of the case, witnesses will be spoken to, physical evidence will be gathered and subjected to scientific testing, for example fingerprints, DNA, etc. Documents will be collected and examined, computers and mobile phones will be seized and interrogated, video evidence will be viewed, social media accounts will be accessed and information recovered. From this material, the prosecution will produce its case and this will be served on the defence as the case against the accused. This is referred to as the used material since it contains that material which the prosecution seek to rely upon to prove its case. Unused material. But what of all the other material? This is the unused material. What if there is information gathered during the investigation which calls into question the case against the suspect? Material which, if revealed to the defence and relied on in court, might make the difference between a verdict of guilty and a verdict of not guilty. This is what the rules on disclosure are all about and why they are so important. Because the investigatory authorities not only have access to the material which demonstrates guilt, but may also have access to the material which demonstrates innocence. For the prosecution simply to keep the information which is helpful to the accused to itself would lead to a jury not being able to consider all relevant evidence in a case and therefore to any conviction which resulted being considered unsafe. What is the duty of disclosure on the prosecution in a criminal case? The initial duty of disclosure. The prosecution are under an initial duty of disclosure and must follow the disclosure test contained in Section 3 of the Criminal Procedure and Investigations Act 1996. This disclosure test means, in essence, that any material in the possession of the prosecution which may, from an objective standpoint, weaken the prosecution case or strengthen the defence case, should be disclosed to the defence. When does the duty to disclose commence? The statutory duty under the Criminal Procedure and Investigations Act 1996 commences once the defendant in the magistrate's court has pleaded not guilty and the case has been adjourned for trial, or for cases going to the Crown Court once the case has been sent for trial to the Crown. It lasts until the end of the trial. Before this time, there is a common law duty of disclosure. The continuing duty of disclosure. Although there is an initial duty of disclosure on the prosecution, this duty is a continuing one and does not conclude until the verdict has been reached or the case is otherwise discontinued. 
This means that the prosecution must disclose material which may assist the defence or undermine the prosecution case at any stage of the case, even if this material is only discovered at a late stage, such as during the trial itself. Disclosure Best Practice Proper disclosure of unused material goes to the heart of the criminal justice system. No trial should commence until disclosure has been carried out effectively in accordance with the Criminal Procedure and Investigations Act and the guidelines. Even during the trial itself, there is a continuing duty of disclosure on the prosecution. For disclosure to operate effectively, those tasked with disclosure responsibilities need adequate training so as to understand their duties and sufficient time to carry them out. Disclosure officers need to communicate effectively with prosecutors over areas of uncertainty and prosecutors need to be vigilant of errors or potential errors in the disclosure regime. Great, so that's the end of the article extract. The original article on Chris Kesling's website goes into much more detail. It covers more areas of disclosure, such as how the defence statement can assist the prosecution in their duty of disclosure, what happens if there is a failure to disclose, and what limits there are on the duty of disclosure. So if you're interested in finding out more, I suggest heading over there and checking out the full article. So now let's look at some key vocabulary. Firstly, I want to point out a few things about the word disclosure. As we've learnt today, disclosure in criminal law refers to the process of revealing previously hidden information by the prosecutor and to a certain extent also by the defence throughout a criminal investigation and trial. We refer to this process as disclosure in both criminal and civil law, although the process is slightly different in each case. In some jurisdictions, such as the USA, this process is often referred to as discovery, although, of course, the process of discovery will not be exactly the same as the process of disclosure in England and Wales. Therefore, if you need to refer to this process yourself in English, but with reference to your own jurisdiction, you can use either discovery or disclosure, adapting to who you are talking to, and going on to explain what this process entails in your own jurisdiction. When talking about disclosure, we often talk about carrying out or fulfilling the duty of disclosure, meaning the doing of the obligations necessary for this process. Of course, I also mentioned at the beginning of this episode that we often hear about disclosure in contract law and international commercial law. And trust me, in the future, these topics will certainly be something that I will cover in podcast episodes. Moving on, the next word I want to discuss is defence statement or statement of defence. This word is used in both criminal and civil law, although in each case the requirements of the statement are slightly different. In criminal proceedings, if the case will be heard in the Crown Court 
and after the prosecution has disclosed materials, the defendant is required to submit a defence statement to the prosecutor and the court. As stated in Section 6A of the Criminal Procedure and Investigations Act 1996, a defence statement is a written statement setting out the nature of the accused's defence and indicating the matters of fact on which he takes issue with the prosecution. There are many other requirements which the defence statement should contain, including the details of any alibi which the defendant wishes to claim. An alibi is a defence to a criminal charge alleging that the defendant was not at the place at which the offence was committed at the time of the commission of the offence. Great. So that brings us right to the end of the episode. Don't forget that members do get access to further resources, which you can find over on the studylegalenglish.com website. I'm also reminding you to send in your comments. Remember my question? What is the law on disclosure of evidence in criminal proceedings in your country? How can withholding information in criminal trials cause miscarriages of justice? You can, of course, contact me on my email, louise at studylegalenglish.com or just find me on social media. So thanks for listening and see you next time.